0: Hi team, it's Rob Woe, riding you from a living room that is filled with windows here in beautiful California. I am so lucky that my problems today include waking up at 4 a.m. to watch my soccer team, Leicester City, get destroyed. I'm lucky that I've got a week ahead with no sleeping bag in the woods of California and Oregon. And I have a podcast to do, and I don't want to just waste it on just any old rambling thing. But one idea that I've been suing around and would be perfect for is to do something we're calling this month an old problem. So I'm going to be going back to the archives, looking at my blog when I was young and dumb and broke and full of feels and to see just how much of that voice is a part of my voice and my thinking in my headspace today. So I'm really excited to dig in to me younger and see just what problems have lingered and what problems stayed, old problems. So I'm gonna get back to what I would call a new episode in two weeks, but until that time, I think you're really going to enjoy the musings of a millennial blogger at the beginning of the last decade. So I promise you, when I read this, I will not edit a single word. I will not edit for grammar. I will not edit for content. I'm going to leave it as is, which I'm not crazy about because maybe young Robert was honest, Robert, but. I aspire to be an elegant writer, but I cannot be elegant because I'm not editing this. I'm just leaving it as is, and we are going to sit through all of the secondhand embarrassment together. So wherever you are, thank you for being a part of my morning, and thank you for letting my stories be a part of your life whenever you listen to this. Until next time, this is an episode of the podcast, New Problems, The Spiritual Gift of Encouragement. October 4th, 2013. The music was loud and saying hello or anything would have been silly, but we knew. So we didn't say anything and just danced. We looked into each other's eyes as if we were revealing a secret to each other. We'd been clamoring to discover all night long. We'll run where lights can't chase us. I will never let you go. There on the Hudson River's Pier 84 with strobe lights crackling and young bodies jaggering under an inviting summer sunset was a silent understanding between us. We were going to give this moment everything our bodies could give each other alongside the other. And then the next song started playing and I walked away. Without so much of as a goodbye or a handshake or a kiss on the cheek, I hopped to a nearby railing where I could flail my arms playing the air keyboard. Alone. I didn't feel guilty. She could have been lying to me just as I could have been lying to her. I ended the pretense and let her go when the song ended. We weren't going to go anywhere. We just needed someone for the four or so minutes Zed dictated. I hope she saw it that way which is not to say I haven't fallen in love on the dance floor before. There was that time at Black Cat Pussycat. West Forth, as places go, tend to bring out Brooklynites who secretly fantasize about rooftops and meatpacking. I enjoy it. There she was. She was my kind of woman in every way I'd want her to be. Soft, tall, curly-haired. With skin as if every color surrounding the Mediterranean had been jumbled up and put into one gloriously tan shade. Genuinely interested in dancing and good enough to not feel self-conscious about it, she was with good-looking, fashion-forward types—the the kinds who wear glasses, even though they probably don't need glasses, but it makes them look like Kid Cudi. They weren't dancing. So this woman danced with me. This was three years ago when my motto, don't be the best dancer, be the dancer having the most fun was in full effect. There would be no reason to dance with me unless this motto inspired you. She liked dancing, which means she was fun. When the night was over, we hugged and I learned my lesson. Don't get attached which is not an easy lesson to learn for months after, if given the chance, I'd go back to that spot just for the possibility to see my favorite dancer. A teacher once told our class how a part of our soul leaves us with every new sexual partner. I can't confirm or deny that, but on the dance floor, without question. Three weeks ago, the legendary Quest Love spun above the sprawling dance floor below. He knew his audience. Just because Michael Jackson is a can't-miss play doesn't mean it can be played any time. But once the free-sponsored booze took played and we'd all shaken enough limbs to not feel crowded about it, I gravitated toward a pretty girl and we danced. PYT started to play. It's euphoric. The night was euphoric. We were all young in the greatest city in the world, enjoying a night we didn't have to pay for, and we did so together. I want to love you, pretty young thing, over and over, and in that moment, there's no reason to argue or fight it. I sing along, and those around us have cleared some space for us to be me. I want to love you, until the song played, and then I left. Why don't you go talk to her, my friends asked, but the answer was obvious. We had nothing to talk about because when the music and movement meet, there's nothing more to ask for. But I can't remember my own advice sometimes. I found myself on a rooftop at Meatpacking Sunday. I was working, promoting a bullshit dating application to a Saturday afternoon crowd unwilling to let Sunday night go. There were Russians, uninterested in online dating, and the unconfident types who used to it. They explained that they get hit on all the time. I didn't doubt it. Inga and Eva, they were Russian in all the ways one would expect a Russian to be. Coldly beautiful, abrasively direct. In the years I've spent patroning such places, they were the kinds I wouldn't ever speak to. They were the kinds of women who were skinny and waited for someone else to buy their drinks. I know my different graphic. Inga and Eva weren't it. I shook their hands and wished them well, stopping by again only to meet their two friends from Belgium. Inga, the ringleader, told her visitor what we did with a cold smile. But then the music started. A predictable mix of house music played for a crowd that predictably liked house music. But it's still music, and there were still beautiful women, and there was Inga, exactly where she needed to be, in the center of the dance floor. I joined her, and I started dancing. My dancing isn't particularly good, except that it seems good to people who don't know good dancing. I enjoyed dancing, Inga did too, and so there was I, in a place I didn't belong dancing with a woman who clearly forgot that I wasn't the kind of person who she'd ever associate with. But if there is a superficiality to rooftop clubs, there's an earnestness that brings us there. It is revealed through dancing and Inga, for all her Russian stoicness, didn't mind making that clear. At least you are good at dancing, she said like a Bond villainess. The more we'd spoken that night, the more I'd realized that her dryness was actually her being humorous. Through her accent, I couldn't tell. I've never thought about a Russian. I don't particularly like the song Don't You Worry, Child. Collectively, we only danced for about 15 minutes. But that didn't matter. I left sooner than she or I seemed to have wanted. I kissed her on the cheek and told her I'd write a story about her. She asked me what I'd call it. I said, I didn't know. That was a lie. Never fall in love on the dance floor.